How we doing? I am your host, Robert T. Gardner Jr., also known as Dr. Rob. Welcome to Station B.O.B. And let me tell you a little about thee. I am a kid from a Harlem hood who turned out good. I got educated like I should. Now I know how to help you grow to become the best of your being in life, love, and work. With that said, I am here to provide you with some clarity associated with the perplexity of the challenges in your life, love, and work. So, without further ado, let's get down on it. Enjoy the show. Ah, yes. How we doing? Welcome once again, my friend, to Station B.O.B., where you listen to learn how to become the best of your being in life, love, and work. And speaking of work, that is the topic today. Progressive discipline is good, but corrective action is more effective. And just for the record, for those of you who might ask, what qualifies me to talk to you about how to manage or discipline your employees. Well, in addition to my master's degree in human resources and labor relations from NYU, I also bring more than 20 years of experience as a senior human resources leader. Now, I don't mean to brag or boast, but I think you should know the qualifications of your host. With that said, Today, I'm going to talk to you about a very important topic. And if you manage employees or supervise employees, or if you do not supervise or manage employees, you need to know about this so you understand how the progressive disciplinary process works. Let me check with the studio audience. Do you think this is a good topic for today? Now, let me start by saying discipline is a, is a funny thing. Now, I don't mean that it's something to laugh about. What I mean is you have to use it. And sometimes you have to use it on people that you may, you know, show favor at work. But you have to use it because you're going to have an employee who is going to be late or maybe even absent too much. Or you're going to have another employee who does not perform his or her, his, his or her job very well. And then there's that employee that might not like you as their supervisor or manager or better. However, we cannot discipline and should not discipline employees just because they don't like us. So as I said the progressive disciplinary process, we have to use it. You have to use it. But you should not abuse it because not only can you be sued if you misuse it, but also the pushback from the employee that you discipline, sometimes it could be fatal. 
you may have noticed workplace shootings seem to be happening a lot these days. And one reason for that is the way some bosses mistreat their employees. You see, you may feel good pushing people around because, see, you're the boss. And you think you are sitting in the catbird seat. But your poor management skills and eagle, eagle, ego may get you and your colleagues a headline on the evening news because you mistreated an employee and then fired him or her based on your own whims. That is why I'm doing this podcast for you. So please listen up, get your pen and pad ready because I have a lot of show and you're going to learn about how to lower the temperature when you have to utilize your company's progressive disciplinary process or what I like to say, apply corrective action. Now, just a note, as I discuss the progressive disciplinary process today, I'm going to be going back and forth using the term progressive disciplinary process and corrective action. Now, I prefer the term corrective action, and you'll learn more about why as we continue through the show. Because I want you to understand and this is this is in regard to corrective action. I want you to understand how you should be thinking about the progressive disciplinary process. That well, let me just say this. With that said, corrective action, you see, should should uh when you use it, you you, you wanna help the employee stay whole in the process. Because if you, can, if you can correct as opposed to punish an employee, if you can correct their behavior, then they are more inclined to accept responsibility for their behavior and less likely to blame you. But if you break the employee down instead of building him or her up so that they can improve their performance and be accountable for their actions, they may fester and harbor their feelings about the bad experience they either perceived or believe you created for them. So breaking news, do not use discipline to punish an employee or do not use discipline as a weapon. Discipline should be used to correct behavior. Now, why is this topic so important? Well, I just explained to you a few minutes ago, if you misuse it and abuse it, sometimes the final result could be fatal. Now, I don't mean to scare you. I'm just trying to keep it real so that you, that we can, you can, you know, understand the full perspective about the attitude and approach that I am suggesting and recommending that you take when you apply corrective action. So first of all, we live in a very litigious, litigious society, which means people will take you to court and sue you for wrongdoings. So you as a supervisor or manager 
or above. If you mishandle the termination of employee of an employee, not only can they sue the organization where you work, but also they can sue you personally for your property and your finances. Therefore, it is imperative that you fully understand how to apply the progressive disciplinary process. The first thing you should know is there are usually four to five steps depending on your organization's rules or your place of employment. However, every step through the, or should I say every corrective action through the progressive disciplinary process should become more stringent based on the violation or the, you know, the, the situation at hand. So the steps for a five-step process could be as follows. For an employee's first, say, infraction, just for lack of a better term, you would conduct a verbal or uh, issue a verbal warning. And that verbal warning should be documented and entitled verbal warning, which is usually associated with the first instance of any type of rule violation at work. Now, it's important to note that when implying a corrective action, the penalty should match the infraction. Like, in other words, if an employee is late two times, they should not be suspended unless, you know, they were late to perform surgery in the OR or something like that. But under normal circumstances, the penalty should match the crime, so to speak. If an employee is late the first time, that, as I said, that would warrant a verbal warning, and it should be documented. And at the same time, if an employee is no show, no call, then that could lead to a suspension, or even termination, depending on your company's policy. But I'm just trying to give you an example of how the so-called penalty penalty should match the crime. The next step in the process for, say, the same type of violation, in this case we're talking about attendance, so that that would be a written warning. Usually, most places that I've worked, the attendance policies stated something like this. If an employee was is absent three to four times in a three-month period, then that would be considered a violation of the time leave policy. And for this example, we are using attendance to progress, you know, through the progressive disciplinary process and the examples that I'm trying to Uh, demonstrate to you in terms of how to progress and utilize the progressive disciplinary process. So over the next three months, the absences continue. And so the employee, once again, is violating the time and leave policy. So either you apply, you know, a warning or a second written warning, or depending on how far and how long the process has, the the person has been violating your time and leave policy, 
then you could escalate to a final warning. And if the absenteeism continues, then the next step after the final warning could either be, it could be a one to three day suspension followed by a five day suspension in the event that that individual's uh, attendance continues to decline. And what is important to understand here is that while discipline or corrective action is warranted when, when, when company rules are violated, it is also important to understand that, you know, sometimes you might have to try to solve a problem when warranted. Like, for instance, you may notice that usually a, a good employee is suddenly coming to work late or has been accumulating absences and so on and so forth. And and this attendance pattern seems to be, you know, out of character for that particular employee. So, but now you've come to the point where you've decided that you have to apply some progressive disciplinary action and, and to address the, uh, the tardiness or the absenteeism. So, Instead of jumping right in on, you know, applying the next step in the progressive disciplinary process, it would be a good idea to check with the employee to see if there's a, a particular reason or, or some, some personal things going on in that individual's life that may cause, maybe, maybe causing him or her to be late or absent. You don't have to fire every employee that's having trouble. So perhaps even an inquiry as to the cause for the latenesses and the absenteeism, you might learn that he or she is having some personal problems at home. It could be domestic violence. It could be taking care of an elderly parent or a newborn baby, depending on what the circumstance is. And so we don't have to... uh, write every employee up and fire every employee that's breaking the rules. It's important to have a sit down with that employee and, 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 and maybe take a look at what could be happening. That's causing the, the, the problems in terms of their work performance or causing them to be absent or late for work. And sometimes it maybe even drugs or alcohol could be involved and so then that person might need another referral to uh, uh, an employee's assistance program, you know, to get some help, to get a counselor, or maybe for drug and alcohol or substance abuse. So it's important to, to see what's going on so that if you have an understanding that a person is, is challenged with some personal issues, then you can, you know, just say a, an individual that good employee who has been late a lot after you learn more about their situation, then you might adjust their, their work schedule or change their shift. And so now you've solved a problem for a good employee and you have a win-win resolution. And so that's the idea, the energy and the attitude that I'm trying to suggest and recommend that should go into your 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 work to utilize the progressive disciplinary process at your place of employment.
And with that said, I'm going to step aside for a promo and we'll pick up this discussion on the other side of the break. Have you read any good books lately? Your host, Robert T. Gardner Jr., also known as Dr. Rob, is the author of three great books. In his first book, The Choices We Make, Robert takes a look at relationships to help readers learn how to have a good relationship with themselves before they can have good relationships with others. In his second book, Access Denied, Robert brings an eye-opening perspective about what happens to children and fathers when their relationships with the mothers of their children end on bad terms. Robert explores what he calls child pawn when a parent, usually the mother, uses a child as a weapon to hurt the other parent. Robert provides a let-go lab in his book to help parents find positive ways to resolve their issues in the best interest of their children. Light Up Your Life is Robert's latest book. Robert writes about the fact that we are all born with a special God-given talent. Even though we are all born with a special talent, most of us miss our true calling. In this book, you will learn how to find your special talent and light up your life so that you can become the person you were born to be and live a more fulfilled, purpose-driven life. Books are available at barnesandnobles.com, amazon.com, and Robert's website, relationshipreadiness.org. Thank you, and back to the show. Welcome back. You know, I think in future podcasts that I'm going to start sharing excerpts with you from my from my books. Now the excerpt that I share may not match up with the topic that we are discussing during the podcast, but the excerpt will be something that you can uh, pack in your suitcase and take away from the show. Something, some food for thought, something to further um, help you become the best of your being in life, love and work. And so with that said, I think it's a good time to take a a laughter break. You know, this is a heavy topic, and it should be heavy because it could have some serious consequences. But also, I think it's important that if you're at work, at home, school, or even on the podcast, we should take a, a laughter break. So laugh with me. Think about something funny in your life, and let's laugh together for a second or two. (laughs) Now that was the reason to laugh. I pressed the wrong button. Instead of uh, getting the laughter, I almost got the promo. Now that's funny. Okay, back to the show. Some other things you should know about the progressive disciplinary process. The reason I use the term corrective action is because discipline should not be used to punish employees. You know, and I said that earlier, but I want to reiterate that because it is that important to understand. I hear stories on a regular basis from friends and, and, and others who have experiences with supervisors where they're threatening to discipline them and write them up. And, and, and so 
when when you utilize discipline in that fashion, then you are utilizing discipline to punish employees or you are weaponizing discipline. And quite simply, discipline should be used to correct behavior. If, if you use it as a weapon, as many do, then you're mad in the process, the employee is mad in the process, and the problems and the work performance and the attendance issues with that employee, they may very well continue. With corrective action, you look to improve attendance. You look to improve the work performance because, after all, you probably hired this this individual or perhaps they were there before you came on board. Whatever the reason or the case is, is you don't have to create an enemy in the process. You can remove the turbulence from the progressive disciplinary process. Secondly, all corrective action should be documented in writing. You do that by stating in your document the who, what, when, where, why, and how. For instance, what do I mean? When you do a write-up or a corrective action and you, you document it, you want to say something like on on May 1st, 2021, you failed to notify your supervisor, your supervisor that you would be absent from work. You are in violation of time leave policy number 101B. If you fail to improve your attendance, you may be subjected to further disciplinary action up to and including termination. And you want to use that verbiage early on in the process, even with a verbal warning. That last sentence should say something to the effect that if you fail to improve your attendance, your work performance, or whatever the particular issue is, you may be subject to further disciplinary action up to and including termination. Now, I use the term may because you don't want to speak in absolute terms in, 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 in when you issue a corrective action document. Because if you, you know, if you say, if you fail to improve your attendance, you will be fired. And see, then the next time the person is absent, then they have a just a rock-solid excuse or reason why they were absent, and then you wouldn't have good standing to terminate them, but at the same time you lose or you may lose credibility because you already threatened to terminate them if they violate the policy again. So you use you lighten it up by saying may be subject to further disciplinary action up to and including termination. Because remember, I said sometimes we have to we have to try to problem solve. You may have the same issue over and over, but it's good. You may have to problem solve. So when you say maybe, it gives you an out in the process. It gives you an out. In your write-ups, uh, I, well, I just said that. You should not use absolute terms. You know, that that's just, it, it locks you in. 
And then if you don't terminate, hmm, then the employee may not have the same impression or respect for the process. So you want to keep it loose by using terms like may. Okay. Now, another very important process or a point that I need to make is what we call due process. And some of you may have heard of this in the past, and some of us who have been arrested, they may understand and know what due process is. But due process is also relevant in the workplace, and all employees deserve due process. And so just for the record, what is due process? Due process means that when an employee is accused of doing something, either by you or someone else, even if you saw with your own eyes what they did, you should provide that employee with an opportunity to give you a a written account of their side of the story. And that's good because it locks them in in writing as to, you know, the timing very close to the situation as to what happened. And they write that statement in their own words. But it also gives them a chance to write a statement and to and to provide you with an account of their side of the story. And so now you would know both sides of the story, even though you may have seen what happened. Once you hear the story, you may develop a different understanding and come up with a different outcome. And you can make a more informed decision about, you know, the appropriate corrective action to take. Prior to implementing a corrective action, let me just, you know, I want to share with you what goes into the things that you should be looking at prior to implementing a corrective action. So just say that my attendance, Robert here, Dr. Rob, my attendance, I don't show up for my podcast three weeks in a row. And so you just, you think it's time to, to apply a corrective action to Dr. Rob. So first what you do is you have to check Dr. Rob's employee file. You want to look at my file and you want to look at my length of time on the job because usually long time or long-term employees, they, they may get, you know, more favorable consideration more than shorter term employees simply because they have been on the job longer. And it's not that you favor them unfairly. It's just that you, you, you just look at them in a more um, favorable fashion in that they have been on the job for a while. And that, that, you know, that should stand for something unless the person is just a total, you know, total bum, so to speak at work. So you want to look at, their length of time on on the job. You want to look at their previous disciplinary records. You know, um, when was the last time they were being written up or or had a correction a corrective action applied um, regarding attendance? So, understanding how long the person's been on the job, looking at their disciplinary record gives you an idea of what the next step should be in the progressive disciplinary process. I mean, you have to follow the steps, you know, like I said, uh, verbal warning, written warning, 
maybe a second written warning. You can use your own discretion or whatever the company policy is. Then you have a final warning and a one to three day suspension. And then if it continues, you could have a three to five day suspension and then ultimately termination. But the reason why you look at the record is so that you can understand the type of person that you're dealing with and how to apply the appropriate corrective action. Another thing that you should consider, and I, and I mentioned this earlier, is that the penalty should match the crime. That means that if, if an employee is late once or twice, they should not be suspended for that. However, if an employee does not call the job and it's a more egregious violation like no call, no show, even if it's the first time, you can skip the verbal warning, the written warnings, and then maybe issue or escalate a final warning or even suspension or termination depending on the rules of your job and the history of how your organization disciplines or applies corrective action. It really discipline depends on, like I said, your time on the job, your, 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 your prior and current disciplinary record and the magnitude of the violation. And also the practices with how the organization tends to handle, you know, the more serious infractions. But remember the steps you take in the process should be in compliance in compliance with your organization's policies and procedures. And before I continue on with another important point, I'm going to step to the side and let another promo in, and we'll pick up on the other side of the break. Relationship Readiness Life and Work Preparedness Services, the place you come to for coaching, consulting, and counseling in life, love, and work. We are a multi-purpose service organization that will coach you up, educate, guide, and motivate you to succeed. We provide management training and consulting services for all businesses in the areas of employee relations, unionized employees, progressive discipline, the annual review process, and emotional intelligence to develop effective leaders for your organization. And our relationship counseling services for individuals, couples, groups show you how to become relationship ready with improved self-esteem, resilience, and self-awareness. To learn more about our programs and services, please contact Robert T. Gardner Jr. by email at changeagentrtg at gmail.com or request a meeting for a free one-hour consultation at relationshipreadiness.org. Thank you, and let's go back to Station B.O.B. Okay, thank you very much. Welcome back. How am I doing so far? I think this is this is a great topic. And if you're taking this in, I think it could do a lot for your understanding and your own performance in regard to the uh, progressive disciplinary process and how you should apply and utilize corrective action. So let me check with the audience. If you like what we're doing here today, let me know. Holla back. Uh, that makes me feel so good to know that what I'm doing, people are appreciating and learning and growing. And so to continue on, I have another 
important point to make on the progressive disciplinary process. Now, let me just say, you know, I said I'm going back and forth, you know, with the terms progressive disciplinary process and corrective action. And it might sound confusing, but what I'm saying is just for, for clarification is that what, what we are talking about is progressively addressing the attendance issues, work performance issues, or operation violations of, you know, your respective employees. But the the idea of a corrective action, you know, takes the steam out of it, lowers the temperature, as I said earlier. So, you know, we don't want to have the mind frame that, you know, I'm going to get him or I'm going to get her. You know, the, the idea, the energy is that, Discipline is should not be used to punish employees. It should be used to correct behavior. So I, I hope I'm not confusing you by, you know, saying progressive discipline and corrective actions. It is progressive discipline, but the idea of each step of the progressive disciplinary process is that we take a, you know, you make it into a, a corrective action as opposed to a punitive scenario or punitive situation because we want to build our employees up. We don't want to break them down. So with that said, I want you to understand that, that this is, this is, I don't know if this is tricky, but it, I'm going to try to make it as clear as I can. Corrective action or progressive discipline should be applied using tracks, you know, in order to keep the process clean and strong and more effective. Like in other words, when you have attendance violations and you are at the final warning level that you, you know, you have an employee who has reached the final warning level of a particular, you know, violation, let's just use attendance then that same employee's work performance declines. And another corrective action is warranted. So usually with a final warning, the next step would be a suspension. However, an attendance violation and a performance violation, those are two different types of violations, and they should be on their own separate tracks. What do I mean separate tracks? What I'm saying is for absenteeism, you have your verbal warning, written warning, written warning number two, final warning suspension. So now your performance has declined or the employee's performance has declined. So you don't stack on top of the attendance policies or the attendance violations. What you do is you start a new track. So that employee would get a verbal warning for their poor work performance. And if that continues, then they would have a written warning for that for their work performance. So in other words, you don't overlap performance violations with attendance violations and neither do you do that with or nor do you do that with operations violations like by not wearing the proper uniform or not having your 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 ID, your badge. So these these 
corrective actions should be carried out on different tracks. And why do I say that? Because when when you when you're not stacking, uh, no, I'm going to say, if you're stacking, then you're not properly recording and applying the disciplinary process. You know, attendance is attendance, work performance is work performance, and operation violations are operations violations. And this, by by recording progressive discipline for all three of those different tracks, that helps to insulate the organization from liability in the event that an employee files a lawsuit for wrongful termination or for what they might feel that they were discriminated or or harassed. This type of this type of documentation would also provide some protection for you and the organization as I, as I just mentioned for those reasons. So and 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 also the different tracks make this final point the dis, the different tracks you you know you have an employee with uh, a, a disciplinary record with verbal warnings up to a final warning in attendance you have an employee with verbal warnings up to a two-day suspension for work performance you have an employee with a verbal warning up to a final warning for operations violations that now you're coming at the employee, the court or anybody that you have to present this material to, you have three tracks of different violations that strengthens your case. In addition Yes, to continue on, as I'm, I was saying, in addition, I think it's important to note, and I didn't say this when I was talking about the write-ups, when we write up, you know, the documentation for corrective action. I want you to remember or, or, or realize this, when you write, um, you know, write, when you issue a write-up, understand that you are writing, you're speaking to a third party. In other words, when you write up, you're writing the facts in a way that the, you know, that an arbitrator, a judge, a mediator, a step three or step two grievance hearing officer would understand. So, you know, this is not a personal thing where you did this and you didn't do that and that, that, no. You list the date. You list who did it, when they did it, where they did it, who they did it to, or what they did not do. And then you wrap it up with, if you fail to improve, you may be subjected to further disciplinary action up to and including termination. And see, that way the employee knew all along the process that they could lose their job if that particular behavior or those violations continued. And so it's important to understand, like I said, in writing or issuing, issuing written documentations, understand that you are writing, 
you know, for a third party that somebody else may read this. You may be in court. You may be down with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. You may be at an unemployment hearing. So write your documents in, in a way that the third, like you're writing to a third party. And if you need more uh, help or assistance with, with this, I provide these type of services. You can reach out to my website, relationshipreadiness.org and learn more about the services I provide, but I could definitely assist you with this in terms of understanding how to write your documents to speak to a third party and take yourself, your personal energy out of the, the letters and, and just speak about the facts, you know, as they say on the street, facts, facts. So, with that said, I think I have covered the main ideas related to progressive, to the progressive disciplinary process, or what I like to, and why you know, and also to use corrective actions. I hope this podcast was helpful, insightful, and wonderful. Just for your own information, you can get my podcast on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Pandora, and all of the social media platforms. Thank you again for tuning in, my friend. And until we meet again, live in the positive. As we wrap up this show, I hope this topic helped you to grow. And now you know a little bit more than you knew before. If you have any questions about this topic, please email me at changeagentrtg at gmail.com. See my website, relationshipreadiness.org. To learn more about my counseling, consulting, and educational programs related to life, love, and work. Finally, in the words of the late, great Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., if I can help somebody as I pass along, if I can cheer somebody with a word or song, if I can show somebody he is traveling wrong, then my living will not be in vain. Until we meet again, do the right thing when nobody is looking. Peace, beloved.